Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. All right, time for that Davis show. I'm your host, Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. You know the executive producer of That Davis Show and also Flippin' Friends, the one and the only Ryan Bukovsky. Follow him, follow him at Ryan B. Ski and Ryan B. Ski1 on Instagram. Uh, to be honest, we didn't really feel like doing the show. One, sometimes you just need a break. Um, we've been grinding, uh, coming out with this new show, still working out some of the kinks. As you see right now, we're on StreamYard, trying something different to see how it works with how we like to... Uh, send you this show and perhaps it will be the, the format that we lose we use going forward uh shifting off of zoom even though sometimes we may jump a little bit back and forth um just trying like i say to work out the kinks and always always appreciate you all for sticking with us as we try to grow this out um and uh, and bring you a better show uh each and every episode uh bears lost man i mean i don't, I don't know who had them winning and it wasn't really a loss it was a drubbing or ass kicking um, in some ways, it was worse than the Indianapolis Colts game, which I think was a, a, a physical. It was like this game was very physical, but this game was physical and well coached. Uh, we saw the return. I'm not saying that just this just this game. We saw the return of the boy wonder genius and Sean McVay. Uh, but that's 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 just part of what we're going to get into, and that'll be the main of the show as far as talking about the Bears and this loss and what we expect moving forward, and also the trade deadline coming up. Perhaps they need to do a move, in particular when it comes to that line, and second, secondly, maybe uh, when it comes to defensive tackle. We've got to go take it from the top, the tippy, the tippy. Oh, oh my people! All right, off top, this one comes from the Tribune. Uh, it's by uh, Gregory Pratt, Joe Marr, and John Bryan. Uh, Chicago Mayor Larry Lightfoot has decided to go against her campaign pledge and then what she called the city's addiction to fines and fees. If you didn't know this six-mile limit uh, camera they're going to hit you with while you're out there driving above the speed limit. A Tribune review of uh, public, uh, publicly available city crash data shows more complicated picture of the safety situation life would present it. She basically said that right now, people are getting into more accidents than they did last year, and that's why she's doing it. Uh, with the total crashes actually down uh, the, from the first nine months of 2019, uh, they were 800, 700, 700, there were 88,757 compared to the same period in 2020 when there were 69,480 records show. City officials said deaths on the roads are up in 2020, 100 through September versus 72 in the same period last year. With far less traffic, they also said the city's cameras are registering drivers speeding more, an average of roughly two miles faster than last year, which suggests to them that the people are driving faster and causing more serious crashes. Still, it's not clear how many are caused by speeding. The Tribune analyzed the city crash data and report uh, data available online compared to the first nine months of 2020 and 2019. The analysts found that fatal crashes blamed specifically on people driving recklessly over the speed limit, too fast for conditions, too fast to avoid crashes, are up by one from 19 to 20. Sears crashes blamed on any of those factors which resulted in death or incapacitation injuries are down 20% year over year from 360 
356 in 2019 and 286 in 2020. So the reason that I bring this up is this. Listen, it's sad to see someone who basically wasn't a politician become a politician. We know about the budget deficit here in Chicago and that Lori Lightfoot said that how she's going to have to raise taxes, cut city workers and so on and so forth. And now we're seeing another gimmick of it with the, the, the red light cameras or the speeding cameras, as I should say. We know what you're doing. And I'm not even saying this is like, this is so crazy and it's wrong, even though it is crazy and wrong. But you don't have to sit here and lie to us. And the thing I was going to point out when they kind of mentioned in this, part of the reason people are driving two miles faster is because the streets are wide open in some places because people like myself work from home or someone like Ryan isn't getting the same amount of work that he was getting because the industry he worked in has been scaled back because you can't have people inside of restaurants. So there's when I'm driving, there's far less traffic uh, than there has been in the past. And there's a lot more open lanes and a lot more time for you to basically get it. So for you to say that basically you saw how minute the crashes were up and I don't want to be facetious in saying anybody getting hurt in an accident, especially one that they didn't cause. Uh, Even if you caused it, but especially one that you didn't cause isn't important. But to sit here with the six mile over the limit and you know you're just trying to get in our pockets and you campaigned against it is BS. So when you see that, it just goes again and just shows someone who, and I hate to say it to a certain degree, she just wasn't prepared for this job. You know, and I wish her the best, but honestly, and it's one reason that I'm, uh, it's gonna sound crazy. I'm I'm not a Trump guy, but I'm a little bit of drain the swamp. But I'm drain the swamp with I still want somebody who's kind of done that job. I, I'm not the learn on the job guy with super serious stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not. Mm-hmm. That's not my. That's not how I, I envision it because you're going to take so much time. We're going to talk about that with Matt Nagy and the Bears uh, moving forward as far as play calling. But There's a lot of that in Chicago. This is what we do. We like first time. I said, baby, because they cheap. Even though, listen, she gets paid the same amount as the last mayor did. So it's not necessarily the same. That was from popular a popularity vote, and she won it. But still, this is what you get in this situation. And some of this stuff would have happened regardless of who the mayor is because of the pandemic, because of George Floyd. Some of this stuff would have happened. Now, someone who's been in office may have been able to, and this isn't the most important thing in my life, but protect downtown, you, you know better. But again, I'm not worried about downtown like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm worried about where I live. And I'm not hating on downtown, but you've you've given you've been given the privilege all the time, basically, since they revitalized it in the 90s. You know, saying you've been put in the forefront, you know, what I'm saying where some of these neighborhoods uh, and I don't live in a bad neighborhood, but there's still not enough businesses in my neighborhood. And they're dwindling because of what's taking place. Some of these neighborhoods need an infusement of cash and also need more police available. And instead of being available down in the money district. But still, the real reason that I made this um, my, my off the top the tippy is, is it's just, again, just shows um, just Lori stumbling. You know, and I, I hope she gets it together because I'm not someone who's against her. I'm, I, I'm not, I want to say that I'm not against her, but I hope she gets it together. And I hope she's not as sensitive as sometimes she comes out as being as sensitive because we all make mistakes. And it, it, it is what it is. And I understand that there's people gunning for you. You know what I'm saying? And, and some people are gunning for you, not because you just did something and you messed up. They're gunning for you because they just don't like you in general. And, you know, that's a whole different matter. But that's my off the top for Lori Lightfoot. Hmm. I like that off top. Uh, I don't know. What do you, do you? How would you grade her so far as mayor of Chicago? And you know, everyone talks about the corruption, and then you throw in COVID. Did she really even stand a chance? Do you think, or is it just uh, 
a situation where she could have done things better. It just uh, yeah, executed she, too well. Well, I would give her a C minus because COVID happened. And COVID was going to happen to any mayor in Chicago, you know. Uh, so I, I'll give her a C minus. I don't know how Rom would have handled it because see, the thing is, Rom knows where everything is at already. Or even Tony Preckwinkle, for the most part, being the fact that she runs Cook County. She knows the machinations of everything and how to implement stuff rather than someone who's just kind of learning, even though we know that Lori was what in, in charge of. I forget what, what she was in charge of with the police, uh, what, what was her, her claim to fame or uh, whatever. And I don't think it was a review board. I can't remember what she was necessarily in charge, in charge of, uh, which was her claim to fame and getting that job. It's, it's a C minus, man, because you you did, you saw the incident that happened with the they tried to blame it on Inglewood when the young man was shot, and then they went down there. The last time uh, downtown was was victimized and looted. You know what I'm saying? I want that wasn't a social justice movement right there. That was straight looting. Um, you you, you should have been prepared for that uh, because you, it happened already this this year. Like it's like it's you've seen it. It's, it's happened. Also, you would think that. With all the technology and money spent, they would be paying attention to these flash gangs that are doing this and tapping in and listening to. And now I'm, I'm being naive and naive, but paying attention to necessarily what's going on. And also, you see that zero up there. We're not broadcasting live. This is on private. All right. So not to say that if we were broadcasting live, there wouldn't be one of the up there. But I just want you to know we ain't out here this lonely. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't out here this lonely. Initially, and I want to say this initially, we're going to do this on private until we kind of get some of the bugs out and feel that we can bring you uh, more of a quality show while using StreamYard because we haven't used StreamYard before. So I just want to give you give you that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a C minus, Ryan. Um, she listen. I don't. You did your your superintendent. Well, one. Let's go back to the old superintendent, which you covered for. You know, saying you covered for your old superintendent and his shenanigans, right? told him to get the young lady as far away as him as possible this this suing Eddie Johnson's for sexual harassment. Uh, then you brought in, I forget the young brother from Dallas or whatever, and his first one of his first interviews, he was breaking down to me about the, the gangs and the cliques in Chicago and saying just like, you, can you believe it's this? And it's just like, what? Like, who are you? A, you're a, a tourist in this spot? So I don't necessarily know if she's put the right people in place. Um, for, especially when it comes to something like Chicago and crime. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's like, that's up here, right? I don't know if she's put the right people in place. And also, she's been very thin-skinned. Um, I haven't seen her accept a lot of blame. And, you know, like, we look at somebody, we look at 45, and we chastise him for always pointing up the finger at somebody else. Mm-hmm. And take some of those hits also. You know what I'm saying? And it's still, I'm not, you know, just wishing wishing uh, the worst on her. I want to see her do better, but she's going to have to grow. And I mean, it's it's a learning process. And this is what happens when, unless you're lucky, you hire someone who has not been anywhere in this position. She has never been an elected official. Like you, like you have to remember that. This is her first go at being an elected official. And there are people pulling on you from all over, the people that got you there, the people that you want to ha- maybe get to come over to help you stay there, the people that you need, that they has nothing to do with re-election, but just the type of power that they have, that you need to get on your side and to embolden you to be able to do your job even more efficient. So it's just, it's a whole new learning curve that she has to adjust to. So, and listen, I'll just be honest. Uh, and it's funny, I think I was going to vote for Lori. 
And the day, the day that I went to go vote, because I was like this, to be honest with you, I've wanted Tony Crackwood to be the mayor for like a decade, basically. She was too scared to go after Rom, or they had a, a, a buddy agreement until Rom said he wasn't going to run. Because when Rom had sit there and said, like, yeah, the person is going to probably win isn't even here. He Common Sense told you, talking about Tony Preckwinkle, right? Because she wasn't going to run against Rom. Uh, I thought Tony Preckwinkle, being someone who ran Cook County, could probably know what the city needed, uh, even though she has been part of the machine. You know what I'm saying? I, and I, I acknowledge that she's been part of the machine. So I was up, I was up for debate who I was going to vote for. And the day I went to go vote, I think, I don't think both kids, I think Kenton may have just been in the car with me that day. Um, I can't remember. But the day I was going to go vote, I think both of them was in the car with me. And I pull up, and it's like three blocks from my crib, this church. I pull up, and NBA ball player Tony Preckwinkle is standing in front of the church. <laughs> It must be a sign, right? Now, mind you, she saw me. I don't think, I think she thought I voted for Lori. Like, because she, I wasn't out there like, Tony, right? I was out there like Chicago. Like, I wasn't grinny face, even though people had greeted me. And I definitely reciprocated that, hey, how you doing or whatever. I thought when I, she came out, she probably thought I was going to say it, but I had to get my kids to school. Uh, but no, actually, to be honest with you, uh, and I don't even know how open I've been about it, I voted for Tony Preckwick. You know what I'm saying? Because I was fearful of hiring someone who hadn't been on the job. I'm always like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, initially, I was with uh, the, 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 the savages and super predators lady because I didn't know how uh, I didn't know if Barack had uh, had enough equity and had enough on job training uh, until he just you saw that 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 snowball effect becoming just he was coming downhill. And it was like, oh, it's time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and that, listen, I could be—I was—I I could be wrong with that one. I could be wrong with both of these. Uh, there's none of these are saying that I'm correct because this is what Kenneth Davis says. This is my opinion. Um, but yeah, I definitely give the the, the, the mayor a C minus, and I know it's been a tough job, uh, but it was going to be a tough job regardless. But the pandemic definitely made it even worse with how it just wrecked the city's economy. Think about all the money that didn't come into the city this year from tourism, uh, from festivals. You know what I'm saying? Just from 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 taxing these bars and the alcohol. Like, just think about all the money that has been lost in Chicago. That was going to be hard on anybody unless they were being reckless. And I'll say this to give her props. She hasn't been reckless. She hasn't been someone. It's what, uh, there are some things that are cool about being in a blue state. They just don't send you out there to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, go play. Right? God, whatever. We need to... <laughs> Go play. You know, it's something good about, you know what I'm saying, a good old blue state where, you know, they have to even if they, they don't, they have to feign that they care about you because there's a big problem with getting reelected if it's like like you're not some type of quote unquote and I'm I, I'm I'm joking, but a bleeding heart. So it's good that, you know, we've been someone's been trying to take care of us. And I don't listen, I JB's not I'm not a big JB person. And particularly because he didn't give up his taxes. If Trump didn't give up his taxes and you're mad at Trump for not giving up his taxes, you should be upset with JB not giving up his taxes either. Regardless of uh, donkey or elephant, you, we all need to know uh, who has their hands in your pocket. All right. And, and, and like who can leverage anything against you. All right. And it, it's been uh, the norm and you should be following the norm. It, it's another thing that rich people are getting over because they're rich. And it's like, well, I don't have to do that. So I'm not the biggest JB person. And that's largely part of the reason outside of him, just his desire to be in office. And if you think he just wants to be governor, you're crazy. He wants to go further than that. Uh, so, and that's part of the reason why I think he wants to do the fair tax thing. I think he's doing the fair tax thing because he's going to give up his taxes and we, and he wants to show the tax that that will be because he's probably been doing something closer to Trump 
as far as getting over with his taxes. And he doesn't want us to see it. So when that fair tax hit, just think about it. He's in, what, his second year now? If he gets two years, he'll be like, I'm going to give you all my last two years of taxes when he's running again. And you're going to see the adjustment to now what millionaires have to pay, what he's going to be paying. Right. And it's not going to be that 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 big uh, hole or you can't really come at him because now he's paying taxes that are commensurate with the type of wealth that he holds. So that's just but that's just something I've been thinking about uh, when mm. it comes to. To, to JB, you know, like, because I don't, I don't trust him. It's something to it, you know. So even though I mean, like, like again, live up to your cramp, your campaign promises. But I do think it has to do with his his next move is why he's why he's doing it because he's not he would listen if it's either someone he owes someone money. And I'm not even saying that, but it's really how much has he been paying, and he doesn't want that to be. He didn't want that to be the the big discussion, basically. <laughs> But also, leaving that, I got another off top. Let's get out of politics. By the way, I think you're right. talking for Lori Lightfoot. She was president of the police board. Thank you. Thank you. And the Chicago Police Accountability Task Force. I did think it was, a, I did say that, that it was a review. Um, so, yeah, but again, she wasn't an elected official. Uh, and I appreciate you doing that for me, Ryan. So, all right. Off top, off the tippy? Taking off the off top? Off the tip? The tippy? It- Oh, my people. So new remote, remote learning uh, episode for today. Um, one, Yikes. a little boy, uh, teachers getting on a little boy about having toys. Right. And these are smart little kids and their parents are wonderful. And um, oops. <laughs> so that's code for they're not wonderful and no no no, no, I'm, I, no, no I'm actually I'm, I'm i'm actually saying it's these we got you wink these no these are actually smart kids and actually the parents are good all you gotta do is drop one eyelid and i got you big guy no eyelids today um because it's the one thing we talked about the, the little girl that's in daycare and it'd be great if she just had someone that can be hands-on to help her and that's it and she's a daycare that has nothing to do i don't know her parents situation i wish i could help her in the same afternoon said the same thing uh teachers have been fantastic uh so anyway first off uh one little kid was playing in toys in spanish class so the, the main teacher she chops she jumps in on the different classes and she's telling the little boy you know, you you're in school because, you know, you got to realize even though they're at home, virtually they're in school. Like the teacher can tell you, like, hey, stop doing that. And they're supposed to because this is their classroom. Yeah, they're in your house. This is their classroom when they're in their remote learning. Right. Do they announce that? I'm in your house. <laughs> Bitches. Um, so the teacher says that. and But they're doing uh, what they're happy about. So teacher asked Kelsey, she said, Kelsey, what are you happy about? And she said, I'm happy. I'm not playing with no toys. And I said, Kelsey, don't do it. Brown noser. <laughs> don't do that. Hey, my girl dress not brown. <laughs> um, so I was like, don't do that. But this is the this is the kicker. So they're they're dressing up uh Friday for Halloween, right? The boy, my son's not doing it. He finally reached He's like, I ain't doing it, right? Uh, which is fine. He's eleven years old. It's like I get it, right? Like I think at eleven, I may not have been doing it, especially consistently. Wow, the humbugs of Halloween at the yeah. Davis household. Yeah, we keep it real out here in the field. Um you're 11. Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kelsey was sitting there saying that she's going to be Sky from Paw Patrol. And this little young man who is intelligent as ever. Um, and I said, I knew it was coming, Ryan. I said, this little. 
He's six. I've been I've been peeping him all week, right? All last week and a half, I've been peeping. Him, oh, right? he did an ocular pat down and assess yeah, the just, threat level. Yeah, like just the peeping him, right? And they're too young and spread, but it's still like they they you know they they coming at my daughter a little bit. And this is like slow. <laughs> So I, I'm, 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 I'm. Oh, are they grooming? Is that? What I'm not at the table. No, they're grown. They're little kids too. There's no grooming. I'm at the. I'm not at the table. I'm working or whatever. But I'm. I'm in earshot, and I know as soon as the boy said, "Kelsey, Kelsey, you know Kelsey should be for Halloween." I said, "I know what he about to say." He says, "Kelsey should be a princess." I said, this, "Oh yeah, this he's spitting game with my daughter. Disrespect." Yeah. In the end, how dare you disrespect me, right? And I, Listen, right. I hey, that's a classroom. It's not your listen, house. He's listen, allowed to sit right. there. <laughs> you're right. Right. I knew it was coming from when he said, Kelsey, Kelsey should be. I said, he about to say a princess. Right. I said, Honestly, I knew you were going to say that from how you were describing the story. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Which house do we got to roll up on? Exactly. So, mind you, she's taking it as an offense, right? Because she takes it as he's telling her she can't be who she wants to be for her. Oh. Right? Which I kind of tell her, I was like, not really, but I didn't want to say that. No, baby, that's game. Right? He's he's flirting with you. Right? (laughs) I didn't want like, that's a whole other discussion. We don't have to get into it. Right? Like, it's it's the whole other, but it was just like, it, it was just like, golly. So that's, that's my last. Uh, so Kelsey was upset with the boy, huh? She wasn't upset, but she was she like, didn't respond. No, 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 she did not. She doesn't really respond because little boy come on and be like, hi, Kelsey. And she doesn't, we have to tell her to be like, say hi back. She'll just be like, hi, everybody. Right. Okay. So like, she's not one of those little kids obsessed with boyfriends or girlfriends. No, she, well, when initially, uh, no. Honey. Oh, baby. <laughs> no, no. Initially, there was, there was this other little boy in the class. And she was like, hey, what? boyfriend. Can he come over? No, she doesn't say that. She doesn't say that. Can he come over? And it was like the first person that she was like, that's my friend. And but she didn't know this, that she was like that. You know what I'm saying? But she out to after like, you know, she's doing this or whatever, right? But that stopped a month ago, basically. Right. They broke up? No, it's too young. They're too young for that. They're too they're way, way, way too young for that to still leave. I uh, think you're too young for it. No, it's no four years. This is two years. They're just friends. They're just friends. All right. Yeah, come on. Both but both of them, even the entire class, um, but both of them are really good young men. I'll say that. That the young ages, inquisitive, smart. Some of the questions they're answering, you like you listen, I'll make a platform. As you like, you go, boy. Like you can tell just like they're gonna be bringing flowers over, ringing the doorbell. Mr. Davis, would you mind if I took Kelsey out? No, not anytime soon, brother. <laughs> not anytime. Not, not my, listen, I'm not gonna be the person that makes my daughter wait until she's like super old to quote unquote have a boyfriend. I'm not gonna do that. You it's know? not gonna be like bad boys. You call over D and and just grill the guy right at the front door. I don't need to call over nobody. I can do that shit myself. But um, I don't know why, but I like envisioning D is there giving you backup and. It turns into a comedy routine <laughs> at the same time. I mean, listen, I'm going to just be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you want to die? <laughs> I mean, I'm not even the joke. I'm just like, listen, it's funny because and I asked after this, I'm like, has she been asking you? So yesterday she asked me today, Kelsey asked me, she said, daddy, you know, are you going to protect me? And I'm like, 
yeah, of course. Like, where is this coming from? And she said that after I asked Afton yesterday, she said, yeah, this happened like a week ago. We were talking about something. She, they were talking about why Kelsey can't go out because Kelsey wants to go out. And sometimes we can't take her because she's so young. She doesn't know not to touch stuff. So Afton was telling her that she's protecting, that we're protecting her. So she asked me, like, will you protect her? I'm like, fool, I will die for you. Like, I didn't <laughs> say that. But it's, I mean, that's what I meant. That was my intent. But yeah, I mean, if somebody does, who else is supposed to um, victimize a dude for doing something to his daughter, right? <laughs> yeah, like, no fairy's going to come in my place if something happens to my daughter and be like, don't worry, kid, I, I'll do this job. No, that's my job. It's fairy not, godmother isn't going to protect yeah, her? If something happens, dude, I'm, listen, I'm not... It's just she's not the one. Listen, I, listen, young man. I hope you wouldn't do this to any young lady. But let me tell you, she's not the one. And in regard, first of all, she's not really going to put up with a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not. She's not that. She. It's only so much Kelsey going to take before Kelsey's like, nah. But even let's just say she's hopelessly in love. Yeah, I'm gonna crack some motherfucker's head. <laughs> I uh, cut this so you can play it in the Zoom class. Get the guys from the PSA. <laughs> let them know. No, no. But Do you want to die? No, she can be not, Sky. Not she can be Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop putting her in a box. <laughs> yeah, it's just no. It's my kid. Listen, it's my kids is my family. Nobody's gonna come to the rescue. Um, that's part of the, I, I feel like that's part of the role that you take upon yourself. So, yes. Can we talk about this instead of the Bears? This is a lot more entertaining. Well, we, if you want to go a little further, <laughs> well, sooner or later, we've got to talk about those damn Bears. Can we be rescued from talking about the Bears? No, we can't right now. Unfortunately, we can't at all. Oh. That's not the way it goes. Well, you brought it up. So uh, let's transition into some Bears discussion. The Bears lost uh, yesterday evening. To the uh, Los Angeles Rams, they were drummed. It was a uh, what, what was the score at the end of it, Rob? Twenty four ten on Monday yeah. Night Football. It was really twenty four three. Um, well, if you really break it down, you had six points from defense and four te- four points from special teams and zero from offense. The offense just put them in position to kick a field goal. And. Um, you know, I, I think if you've been paying attention to this show, you kind of know how we feel about what's been going on. Um, and I'm not saying like we're sitting here uh, like Nostradamus or anything like that, telling you something. And nobody you else. did call the Ted Ginn thing. I, I didn't hear much Ted Ginn talk until last night, but you brought it up weeks ago about, about the returner. Ted uh, Ginn. Yeah. So and look, that, that was a big topic after this game. So this is the thing. The Bears offense was pathetic. Um, we definitely want to get into the play calling situation, which we have been beating up for a long time. But let's one play calling is is at it's I want to say it's at the epicenter, but it's kind of right out of the epicenter, right? It's the offensive line first, all right. Like if they don't make a move, listen, I, I was, this is the problem now. You guys have played too well to do the things that I would have wanted you to do. All right. Those five <laughs> wins move you out of what I, my desires were for this season. Now, we were sitting on a text thread last night arguing about because I'm telling everybody they prop, they're probably going to win nine to ten games. D was like, they're going to be eight and eight. Uh, Dejan was like, they're not going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure if they're going to make the playoffs, but I'd be shocked if they're eight and eight. Yeah, that's that, that's how because they've won too many games now. And I mean, we're not even just talking about the games that they got to play in their division that they may win, but still they got games. Right. 
of division, their division that are games that you can say are easily unless unless you know they're not paying attention to them. Go ahead, Ryan. Two Vikings, which we know right. they can win. Alliance, right. which we know they can win. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're better than either team. They can win them. Jacksonville. And then on top of it, that last Green Bay game, it's the last game of the year. Green Bay might not have anything to play for, and they might just put in a Jackson bunch of nobodies while the Bears might Love. need it. Right. They, they may play Jordan Love, right? He may they might lock up a oh, number one seed or just the number two, knowing that they don't have a bye. Let's rest everybody because we're playing next week. Great point. So chances are – there's a decent chance they can get to 10 wins, right? And that's with them not beating any of the good teams if they get a shocker like they did with Tampa. Correct. And on top of that, right now they're at the fifth seed. It's seven seeds in the division now, expanded from six. They're, they're not at the seventh seed. They're at the fifth seed, right? Mm-hmm. They may dive out of it, as you're just saying, with these the, going against the Saints. And then who, who do they play after the, the Saints? The Titans after that. Yeah, right, going against the Titans. Oh, I forgot the Texans. They could beat the Texans. Yeah, of course, right? If the, come on now. The Texans about to quit, right? They're about to quit. You know, damn, they're about to win a loss and a half and being like, you know what? It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Can we so, trade for uh, Deshaun Watson? Is it too late? Will they go late. for Trevor Lawrence? They come can't on. Listen, that, that would destroy their cap if they traded him after signing a new contract, and you know it. Um, but, yeah, that's just it's, – it's the, it's the problem is, and you're speaking of trading, is this offensive line. You know, and listen, nobody knew James Daniels was going to go out for the year, even though and I, I would really want to talk about something that's been bothering me for the last two years, pectoral injuries in NFL. And because it's been it's been so prevalent compared to like we were kids. People weren't going out with pec injuries. Man, pec injuries injuries now devastate the NFL. Right. I don't know if these guys are getting too yoked up. I don't know what they're doing. Um, if their opponents are just so strong. But if you just think about from the Bears have probably lost what in the last two years, three players perhaps to pectoral well, injury. They definitely lost Roquan. I remember him. Right. They lost they lost Roquan. They lost uh James Daniels. I feel like they lost someone else to a pectoral. It might have been. I know yeah. they've done it in the past. I don't know about the last right. three years. So maybe, yes. But and, and I'm just talking about that was just the Bears outside of outs in the entire league. But yeah, you have to do something. Uh, Coward uh, doesn't seem like he's he's the guy right there uh, with with left guard. What have they seen from him? Like, this is what's killing me with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Like, we talked about this with Mitch. What did you see from Mitch that he should definitely come back and get a chance to be the starter again? And the same thing with Rashad Coward. They brought him back. They had how many games with him? Like 10 games last year? He got whooped against Aaron Donald last year. And they brought him back just to get whooped all over again. Like, I hate how Ryan Pace loves to leave positions short, almost like on purpose, expecting coaching and hard work to be the difference. Trying to prove his point. Like you just said, uh, trying to give his guys the best chance. I would have preferred to see Alex Barr out there again. Now, mind you, Me they too. More. Alex Bark got a got he he let a sack go when he first got in the game. We all knew that was going to happen, right? It was, any uh, team is going to put listen. Any team is going to come right down that lane when oh she, that, that's where they're going to go, right? We all knew after that he basically played a good a, a well enough game after James Daniel was was hurt. I would like we I feel like we've seen yes a, of, of 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 coward. Uh, I think we've seen enough of them. You know what I'm saying? Again, now I, I'm not having eyes on them during practice, and I will I will openly admit that. So perhaps they're seeing stuff that we're not necessarily seeing. But I would have preferred to see Alex Barr from potential 
from the guy that I already seen that's been getting his ass kicked uh, with Jermaine Effetti. He was going up against Aaron Donald. I won't give. I'm not going to hit him as hard today as maybe next week uh, because there has been some games. And I'm like, that's a big dude, and he seemed like he was playing well. But Aaron Donald was all over his ass last night, like white on rice. Uh, but again, it, it was Aaron Donald with with, with a motor because I think Aaron Donald gets keyed up when he goes against Khalil Mack. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I think if he wants to prove being in the same draft class that he's in, and I think we all know he's hey, in the, that that contract. Don't forget that Aaron yeah, Donald forget, was exactly. the highest for he was highest paid. And and then here comes Khalil Mack. Uh, listen, if I could have either one of the, either one of the two, I would take Aaron Donald in a heartbeat every time. I'm always the guy that wants the guy that takes on has to take on a double team at hike. Then I can move him around. I already know he's 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 disrupting. If he especially being that type of disruptor, he's taking on two guys and can still get to the play. But let alone if he's just taking on two guys, he's doing us a, a well enough job defensively. We should be able to scheme around that. Um, but yeah, you knew that Aaron Donald was going to come with that that heat yesterday. He came with that heat yesterday. Um, Sean McVay, man, yeah, he, real quick with Alex Bars. You signed him off your practice squad a year ago because New England wasn't going to pick him up. Why did you do that if you're not going to use him at all? I don't understand that. And like you said, let's give him a shot. Let's see what he looks like out there. It, there's so many weird inconsistencies with this Bears team that I just don't get. Like everywhere I've heard Coward, that first game as a starter against Carolina was terrible. Mm-hmm. Why is he just slam dunk the guy over Alex Barks? I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, so that I believe this is on Ryan Pace, and you need to go look at our JJ Stankovich interview from last week. Uh, he gave a lot of options. I think Ryan Pace, and of course Ryan Pace knows these options. He needs to implement one of those and bring in a guard. I mean, and I'm, I'm doing, a, a, I'm asking light work by just saying a guard. All right, because I'm, I know you can't go out and get a tackle necessarily right now. You need to bring in a guard. You actually need to bring in a guard in the DT, but you at least need to bring in a guard and help this help this team out because the, the, the way this offensive line looks, and it is on Matt Nagy and his play calling, but what are you really going to do when there's just, there's just no time in the pocket whatsoever? Yeah, and I mean, if you don't want to trade away an asset because you're starting to see that build up right now like mm-hmm. trading up for Leonard Floyd trading up for Mitch Trubisky trading up for all these other guys this past draft what did we all say going into the draft obviously you need the corner obviously you needed the tight end but we were screaming if you're not going to go quarterback you've got to go offensive line you've got to get new tackles you've got to add some talent and pipeline to this group but you don't have enough picks and the only picks you have are late in the draft when offensive linemen especially tackles are way gone there's none left. There's not guys that you can just find. They're in the first three rounds, and all your picks are in the fifth round or the sixth round. And now, if you don't want to trade away more picks because you already have a limited amount, the only other option you have, I think, is to sign some guys. So at least go out in the streets and sign that Buffalo guard that they cut. You know, go sign that uh, the guy, the Saints guard that escaped my mind that was cut before the season. That was a big surprising cut. You know, try something, like you said. And right here, this is former Bears um, quarterback Brian Greasy talking a little bit about his conversation with Nick Folds on what's taking place with the protection with the Bears offensive line and the play call from Matt Nagy. We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play and I'm the one out here getting hit sometimes the, the guy calling the plays Matt Nagy 
he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. Yeah. Boy, I do mean. they. <laughs> and then, listen, going off that, you know, Matt Nagy had his little two cents he wanted to put in there as far as uh, what he thought was taking place. Let me see if I can get this going right. I apologize again. This is our tester episode uh, as we're trying to start using StreamYard and bring you guys a little bit more of the interviews. Hit that share audio. And I don't know that I have the time to execute that play call, and I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the guy calling the play is Matt Nagy. He doesn't know how much time there is back there, and so that's something they have to work out. That's just what was said on the broadcast. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. We, you, you'll have to, whenever you talk to Nick, just kind of see where he's at with that. I, I That's not – Nick and I have a pretty good relationship, and he hasn't said – I mean, he, he'll probably explain what he meant by that. So when Coach Nagy and I talk on the sidelines, we'll go through plays in different situations and go through the defense. And I'll, I'll be honest, like, hey, you know, right now, maybe get the ball out quicker. Um, they're bringing some pressures, whatnot. So I, we were talking about game situations and game, you know, different, you know, Coach Nagy and I's conversations and our relationships. So um, part of that was, you know, the detail, hey, maybe we don't have the time right now for this type of drop because of what they're bringing and the pressures they're bringing, it's easier with that to go, hey, one, two, three, ball out. So um, that's where the miscommunication lies is those are actually conversations Coach Nagy and I have on the sidelines um, so that when we go to the field, we're ready to roll. <sighs> yeah, this is, it's funny. I mean, you talked about this. It's funny that Brian Greasy calls this. and He was the same guy that was like, I called the whole damn game when he was the best quarterback and had to walk that back. Um, it's it's just, listen, it's not even important, really. It's important if the fact that Matt Nagy isn't listening to his quarterback or his quarterback doesn't feel like he can tell him necessarily this is going on. And I, I don't necessarily think that uh, Nick Foles doesn't feel like he can do that. He may still feel like Matt Nagy is calling plays that he doesn't understand. They don't have the time for it. We don't have the time for a seven-step drop, all right? I take seven steps. It's a guy two steps in front of my face. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need three steps, ball out. That's what we need to do, and th that you're not being imaginative. And I mean, the real thing, and I think it's the most important thing, and it's something that we've harped on for a long time, has been the fact that it's probably time for Matt Nagy to give up that play call. But see, this is a problem, too, when we keep saying that it's time for Matt Nagy to give up that play call. I don't know if the person is on the staff. So we're asking him to give up the play call. And I don't, I don't know if they're like, I mean, like a real play caller. Like Matt Nagy, we forget briefly was the offensive, was the offensive play caller for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it, basically, we all kind of know that Andy Reid had taken it back. He's not Eric Benemy, all right, who has had that job for a certain amount of time uh, and has proven his worth in that job. But here's a little bit about Matt Nagy, Benny's question about the play call uh, after the game yesterday. Chris Emma. Matt, you spoke last night about starting the evaluations on offense with yourself. Where do you feel you are as a play caller? And is that a role you would consider giving up to Bill Lazor or somebody else on staff? Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I, I always um, I look at all that. And, and uh, that's the very first thing that I look at is that. And so I, I talk to our coaches and we talk through that, that whole process. And um, I, I am I'm really honestly not opposed to there, there's. There's no um, opposition from me if we feel like that that's 
what the issue is. Um, and, and so we, we look at that, uh, right now where we're at, um, that's, that's not where we think it's at, but at the same point in time, I'm going to, I'll, I'll always, uh, continue each week to look at it. I mean, I'll say this too, when you're in a little bit of a rut, like we are a lot of bit of a rut, like we are right now, um, you have to look at everything. And sometimes even if it's just a little bit of a change somewhere too, uh, you have to, you have to be able to do that. Um, no one here, coach and or player has too big of an ego to think that, um, it's not them right as a player or a coach. So we just, we talk through those, those kind of decisions and, uh, you know, we just keep evaluating and rolling and, and seeing where we're at. Seeing where we're at. It's called bullshit. You, sir. Always seeing where we're at. You, sir, see. have a big e- ego. All right, now it's Chris Emma from uh, 6 7 and Square. I believe Chris Emma reports for uh, when it comes to Chicago Bears. Listen, you, sir, have the ego uh, that you, when it came up with that question, that you can't sit there and give this up. We've known since last year that you aren't good at the play call. And again... I wanted to point out how little time he had at that job. Uh, he's really learning on the job, and his bigger job is to be the CEO of this team. And the thing that I was talking about in our text thread yesterday, I don't really care if Matt Nagy gets fired. I, first of all, Matt Nagy's not getting fired. Let me leave with that. He's not getting fired. I don't think he's Well, getting- it would take – they'd have to lose, like, all the rest of their game. Oh, it would take game. a disaster. Yeah, it would take uh, – listen, they would have to win one more game for the rest of the year. Right, like embarrassed against the Packers twice. Yes, just really bad. And, and, I, no they, and that's not probably going to happen. All right, especially with how good this defense has rebounded. I know yesterday you wouldn't necessarily say that, but they were on the field all day. Uh, and also, you had a, a Sean McVay in in rare form coming at a team that he knows fairly well. Let alone when we talk about Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. Don't think Sean McVay doesn't look at Matt Nagy like they compare right. G- Right. Like, show you are not me, sir. All right. I know me. And I look at you and you, sir, are none of me. And on top of it, too, like the Bears against the Rams, they have just looked so lackluster, except when they've been at home with that frigid cold against them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got no juice or energy whatsoever. And I'm with you. Like Matt Nagy, the CEO, play calling sometimes it's all about. Uh, the ability, like we talk about with Sean McVay, he just seems to have a natural ability at being an offensive genius. And a lot of people keep hiring his assistants, hoping to catch that, that cup of coffee with Sean McVay thing. Uh, Matt Nagy, we don't know if he's a play caller. He might not even have that ability, that intuition to just do it. And he That's had, crazy. I think, a month of uh, of it in Kansas City. He just might, it might not even be a learning on the job thing. He might just not be good at it whatsoever with that, no matter how many reps. That's the point that I'm trying to hit on right there, Ryan, that, that, that may not be his ability, but you still have shown that you don't lose your team. He could have lost that defense last year. He could have lost his defense this year. He, he seems to be a competent CEO, but being a competent CEO is also knowing that you have to hire someone to do something you're not good at. You don't keep doing that job. CEO knows, you know what? I'm not doing this well. Let me bring in someone necessarily to do this. But he feels like being admitting that he's not doing that, that it would be a loss. Initially, perhaps, but in the long run, if you can continue to show that you're the CEO, and it's another key, you may bring in somebody who's so good at that job that they get hired by someone else 
and you will learn from them doing that job how to necessarily do that job better yourself. But you need to bring someone in while you're still the Bears CEO. All right. As far as the, the, the head coach, you need to bring in somebody to do this. And what I know, regardless of whatever, that offensive line needs to be repaired. But your play calling is trash, sir. And outside of the first year when nobody knew what you had in the mystery mix and now everybody knows what's in the mystery mix and has tape on you, it's just time to let it go. I mean, I'm just being – I'm not one of these people that's out here like, Matt Nagy's trash, he has to be fired. And I'm not saying that I'm far away from those people. Like, there's a schism between us. I'm just saying that I, I still see – some good points about him as being a head coach, but he has to let go play calling because that is not that man's forte to say the least. Again, now we had that zero up there because we are not live. It may just have been two, but I just want to point that out. We're just doing a tester as we put this out for the next couple shows, maybe three shows uh, putting out there. Then, I mean, not putting the Dan Davis. So that Davis show uh, using StreamYard here of Ryan Bukovetsky, uh, executive producer of everything uh, that we do before right now. He was executive producer of everything. Um, just sitting here discussing the Bears, going over that loss against the Rams yesterday, going over about that offensive line of Matt Nagy struggle at play calling, um, especially when you still have a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. None of us think the Bears are a Super Bowl contender. Uh, but you can still have a good season. Um, this year doesn't feel good. Like I said, th- this team gives you no relax. They give you no, there's no parts of during the game. You're like, oh yeah, baby, let's do this. It's always like, <gasps> and it takes away from the fact that you're just five and two, right? Like they're just five, Like that's a, that's a nice record to have right here at this point of the season, especially for this team. But you, you, there's no relax. So you can't, you can't enjoy it as much as you would enjoy it is how I feel. Yeah, it's definitely been stressful watching these games, and that it, the stress also adds with how ugly the execution is. You know, a big problem that I have with the Bears, because no one's going to get fired for anything around here, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you got to make do with what you got. You know, maybe Nagy isn't completely hopeless play-calling, but I'll tell you the only way it won't be. He's got to go back to the Mitch offense that he started this year, where it was run, 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 and barely pass because I don't trust you. Because ever since he had Nick Foles, he thought, oh, we can do the Matt Nagy scheme. Now I got my guy. We can do it. No, you need a legit quarterback to do that, a guy that can either extend with his feet and make plays or is so just accurate and on point with precision at reading defenses that he can just move that ball around like something like a la Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, when they would kill you underneath and then hit you over the top. You need someone like that. Essentially you need Patrick Mahomes and you don't have that guy. And so there, what are you saying? It's also now, cause you're totally right, but it's now compounded by the fact that James Daniels is out. Yes. Oh, yes. So, like, now all that running that they did, and think about it, a lot of that was coming off that left side. You know what I'm saying? Like, or it would be where they, they were, it was a zone out and they would cut back uh, to that left side. You know what I'm saying? And uh, particularly Daniels. Daniels was the guard that was moving the most uh, this season as far as getting out. Um, and so now you have one, you, you have your best offensive lineman out and your best guy on the run. Excuse me. And it's compounded by the fact you have lesser talent in there. So now there's mad penetration. Uh, so now there's guys in the backfield already all the time. 
You know what I'm saying? But I'm with you. You still have to run the ball. But that's also why I said they needed another running back. They needed they if listen, if if David Montgomery is going to be the bruiser, you need a speed guy. If David Montgomery is going to be the all-around tools guy, you need a bruiser. Um, you need somebody, even if they're getting that backfield that's beating up on those those uh defensive players and letting them know you don't want to be around him four quarters, man, because I'm I'm coming. I don't care where you catch me in the hole if you want to. You you catch me in the hole in the fourth, the first and the second. Come the third quarter, you're not gonna want to catch me in the hole. And the fun, old fundamentals is simple. You you listen. You had it in Mike Davis. You had it, and I, I'm not the old Jordan Howard guy. But there was no reason. Like, what's Jordan Howard getting paid right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason not to have a battering ram. Like it's it goes into Mike Mark saying that he didn't need Greg Olson because he doesn't use a tight end. A tight end is another tackle in the system, basically. But you had even though, like me and you said, Greg Olson was a receiver back when he was a bear. He used to fall down if you breathed on him. He wasn't as rugged as he was when he got to the Panthers. When he got Hell to the no. He was much more of a, a, a tight end. And when we're talking about tight end, we're talking about guys that get yak, yards after catching the ball, where or yards after contact, rather. You know what I'm saying? That it's like, no, I'm not sitting here. I'm, I'm we're about to go. You know what I'm saying? We, we're about to keep right. going. He didn't so, have yards after contact. Yeah, when he, he got contact, he dropped it. He dropped, <laughs> right? But he was still a weapon. And he was Jay Culler's favorite receiver at that point. And you got rid of And man, not just favorite receiver, favorite man. Correct, correct. He had a man crush on Greg. So you, you, in a way, you did the exact same thing, get rid of something that you did not have to get rid of. And now you're in a situation. I mean, you, you, you brought in Davis last year, didn't even use him, and sent him on his way. Like that, that right there is ridiculous to say the least. And last season, what you were trying to do, and you left the covers bare with two running backs, one a scat back, basically, all right, a rookie. And at that point, you weren't even using Cordero as much as you're using him this year. And it still goes to show Cordero Patterson is just not a natural run. You're disrespecting running backs. And I, listen, I love me some Cordero Patterson. Don't get it twisted. All right. I've loved him before he got here. I dug him in Minnesota, really started digging him when he got Belichick got his hands on him. I love him because I didn't know on on uh, punt returns and kickoffs. And I'm not talking about I know when I'm talking about kickoffs, I'm not talking about him receiving it. I'm talking about when he's on the, the, the defensive side. Coverage. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Coverage side. What he does is like, dang, wait, the, the, the return guys out here in coverage like this. Like that made me have a, a even more affinity for him. And I also thought Matt Nagy was going to use him in space. And even with Tariq Cohen when he's healthy, we haven't seen Matt Nagy use his space guys, Darnell Mooney, his space guys, put them in situations. Who has he used? They overuse Alex. <laughs> a huge catch radius. That's all they basically do. They Same with Jimmy Graham. We finally saw Cole Komet actually come out. And Cole Komet's a rookie. <laughs> Put that all on uh, the, the the coaches because he still has to he still has to necessarily. But to, I mean I'm with you. I'm saying they should use him more, but we don't know how much of that playbook he knows, how much of the skin. Oh man, I, you know what kills me with that though is like, yes, I get it, but we're act like when the coaches say we don't know how much of the playbook and the scheme. Like, all right, you got a problem because the scheme already doesn't work and it's too complicated clearly for this team. There's too many guys that are messing up all the time. I mean, they had a, a, a sequence of two timeouts and three plays because they couldn't figure things out. Like, this is too much of a scheme. They've got to simplify it. And when you have a guy like Cole Komet, who just goes out there, makes a big-time catch early in that game, makes another catch after that, we talked about it, how they don't have guys that can run after the catch and make a guy miss and 
get 20 yards, and Cole Komet seems to be one of the few guys that can maybe do that. You opt for Demetrius Harris moving forward after Cole Komet gets things rolling. And Demetrius Harris on top of it, again, misses some blocks, almost costs you a safety with his terrible block on Leonard Floyd, and he dropped a couple more passes per usual. Like, you're a struggling offense. Can we give it to maybe somebody that could maybe do something with it? And if he doesn't know formations and plays, cut that crap out then. Demetrius Harris ain't doing anything for you. Um, the key to Sean McVay is he does the things. He 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 accentuates the things that Jared Goff does well, and he throws the stuff that he doesn't the F out. That's right. And he accentuates the defense, too. It's right. like golf and the defense. Let me accentuate them. We're going to run the ball. We're going to do quick passes. We're going to do a few shots downfield so you're so we win some field position. We'll get some points. Defense, do your thing. Yeah, so I have uh, nothing else when it comes to the Bears' last game. Do you have something else you want to talk about? The only thing that really bothered me, or another thing that really bothered me in yesterday's game, how many jet sweeps and motions worked? That is Matt Nagy's offense. Why can't he do those things? Sean McVay is just like the just runs these jet sweeps and all these things that Matt Nagy would love to run. The Bears can't even come close to run it. The closest they get is that pitch to Patterson, and the play gets blown up immediately. Like I was, I was just kind of shocked. Like I knew Sean McVay was the better offensive coach. That's an actual guru, actual genius. But to just see him do the things that Matt Nagy would love to do and the Bears can't even come close to running it. But see, the thing is with that, it's what you're doing off of that. So one, they had their run game going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, all, he actually believes in the run. Unlike all your running backs, well, he did. The problem with the run with them is Todd Gurley got hurt and he, was, he wasn't right anymore. And on top of that, how much money they were paying him. Right. right. They depend on them. So now they've gone to a running back by committee, basically, and all these guys can basically run. They got their running game back. They know the things. That, yeah, you don't really want uh, Jared Goff in a shotgun. You know what I'm saying? You want him behind center. Jared Goff is making those nice plays in the hashes that they necessarily need. And when see when your quarterback is doing that, then you can run jet sweeps. You know, like that. That's the and so even even when you're talking about this. Bears haven't been able to run the football since Matt Nagy's really been here. You know what I'm saying? So that's been out the window. The Bears haven't had consistent quarterback play with downfield threats. So we're basically playing eight in the box. You know what I'm saying? Like, or listen, if we're not eight in the box, all we got to do is have the safety over top over Allen Robinson. Like, we're, there's not, there, you're not threatening us enough because. One, your quarterback doesn't put fear in our hearts. Neither one of them, basically, right? Even if mm-hmm. Nick is better, your offensive line is trash, and he doesn't have time. Listen, Nick Foles' time in the pocket is a lot shorter than what Mitch was early this year. There were like think about there were a couple games where Mitch didn't get sacked. He may have been pressured, but he didn't get sacked, right? Like they're in Nick Foles' face all the time, right? Like. And Nick mm-hmm. Foles makes mistakes. Let me not make it seem like Nick Foles doesn't make mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. But he's not getting the time in the pocket that with, with the how that offensive line was playing earlier this year when they were all healthy. That that now that Mitchell's getting, he's he's not getting that. You right. know, Mitch uh, he wouldn't step up because he just doesn't, and Nick right. can't step up because pocket. So it's just it's so that's why, like you say, when you talk about jet sweeps, you can do that because we're worried about other stuff. With the Bears, all you worry about is just sweeps, right? Like I guess. And, and like, the, how about the tempo? I thought it was genius by Sean McVay. When we get in the red zone, let's run tempo. Let's not let them get set. Because if they get set, they don't give up points. 
And then the Bears, and it was clear in one of those plays that the, the receivers or the offense wanted to go tempo. Matt Nagy makes substitutions. Anthony Miller and Robson are like yelling at the sideline, like, come on, man, what are we doing? And it takes them the third quarter to do up tempo, which Nick Foles loves. Like, oh my gosh, it's just the Bears are doing random things, and the Rams are doing an offense. I do think they should play up-tempo often. And it's funny, when they got in the third and they did that, I was like, I wonder if this was the plan because I wonder if they don't want to, even with Nick Foles, play up-tempo and go three and out and have the defense in all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do. I wonder. I think they, 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 I'm not That's saying fair. a minute more often, especially when it's working. But I do wonder sometimes it's like, but you know. But Ken, you know what I would say to that? Why don't you do it early when it's 0-0 zero, zero still? And if it's not working, then you get rid of it. Because wouldn't that help the offensive line when you get to just pound on the same guys and not let them rotate in and out? They're in nickel, and you can sit there instead of going up against three linebackers, go up against the safety. Yeah, it definitely would benefit you, uh, to say the least. So I agree with you. I'm just just trying to point out. I'm trying to give him something. That's a great point. I mean, because it's fair. Like We know Chuck Pagano's been coaching – to not give up the big play because he doesn't know if his offense will give him back that touchdown that they give up. So I'm sure Matt Nagy has a thought of that, but it's just like you, at this point, you got to start trying to do things that work or that the players just really like. Forget what you wanted to do. This is just like last year. It's not about what you want. What can you do? What can you really do against NFL defenses week in and week out? You've got to do those things. And if it's, Mainly three and out and punt, fine. But as long as you're giving yourself a shot, not doing random stuff that doesn't even work. Man, you saw what happened with that defense being out there all day yesterday. They're going to be out there a lot, I think, moving forward. I mean, you think the Saints... You want all the pecs ripped up? You're telling me the Titans aren't going to just destroy that offense with that physical defense? I'll tell you this much. If Sanders and Thomas are healthy in that Saints game, I ain't as worried. I don't know. They didn't even have Drew Brees, and they made it look terrible. Just saying, if Sanders, yeah, Ted Bridgewater was doing his dizzle though. I know, I know, but that was the game. Because remember, they didn't have I think running back, but they did have Mike Thomas in that game though. Yeah, I think they did. They did have Mike Thomas, and my Alvin Kamara had a bad season all last year, basically. Like, oh, that's because he wasn't paid. Now that the young man is paid, (laughs) he is playing lights out. I, mean, I, can get, I can come out there now. But, hey, he is he's balling this year after that contract. Like, I'm with you. If, if Sanders and Thomas aren't there, it's definitely it'll help. But my still concern is that defense of the Saints. They're gonna rough up that Bears offense like they did a year ago. Guess what? Guess what? what what's Drew Brees gonna do against that pass rush though? Because they they know they. Hey, got- maybe they throw a little Taysom Hill in there. I might like him better than Nick Foles. Ooh, I'm so scared. Oh, <laughs> I would be. The poor man Steve Young BS missed me. I, with- I, yeah, but when you have an offense that doesn't even score, uh, like scores nothing. I'm, I'm, with you. I'm just, listen. Taysom Hill can get lucky with a Hail Mary. I have more faith in the Rams than I do the Saints at this point in the season. And partially it's because. Okay, that's is, fair. Mike Thomas may not. But is it a lot? Is it a lot more faith? Because I feel like. Here's the Rams, and the Saints are a little drop-off. You know what? If Drew Brees wasn't aging, and we've been saying Drew Brees has been aging for two seasons. If, if this was three years ago, yeah, I'm going with Oh, the, yeah. Right? But, I mean, dude, they listen, they got a long thrower. 
Ryan. They have an actual designated long throw. But they don't they don't need the long the throw for this week. They need the 14 the point throw. guy. If he gets a 14, yes. that might be enough. I got two picks on Drew Brees this upcoming game. Oh, baby. Got that. Got, How many for Nick Foles? Let's, let's lay let's just lay here. Let, let's let's lay let's oh, one point. <laughs> Listen, just stay at home, basically. Just stay just stay at home. Just like that play you saw with Simmons from the Cardinals. And, of course, it had to come with the play call when they kept sending, sending everything. And then when he saw the same seven guys up there, they had Simmons float back. Listen, all y'all got to do is just stay at home in that, fir- that first 10 yards. Oh, boy. I'm going to be balls of batted and balls of caught, all right, by defenders. Batted, then caught, all right? Batted. I then- hope. That would be great. That's what I I, I think. I, I'm not scared of the Saints. Let me put it like that. I'm not. Oh. I am scared of their their Sean Payton. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm scared of Sean Payton. He may have the defense against that Bears offense. It's not so much the Saints offense that has me quivering or anything like that. Like I thought yesterday, the Rams offense they were a little scary, but I thought the Bears defense would compete well and. Overall, they did. I mean, he gave up 24 and he scored defense, seven. Dude. Look at the Rams' defense, dude. That's what I'm saying. And I think the Saints might have a better defense than the Rams. I don't think so. Or I guess something like this. They ain't got Aaron Donald, right? And they don't have Jalen Ramsey. So that's what – those keys alone, like when you have those building blocks – you know what I'm saying? You can sit there and you can do a whole lot of something when you got building blocks. Like when you can crush the pocket from the front, like we people, listen, we all love edge rushers, right? Oh my God, Lawrence Taylor. You know what I'm saying? All these guys, Von Miller, these, you know what I'm saying? I'm, and I'm, I guess right now I'm talking about guys that are in a three, four and they're not playing with their hand down. But even we say the great Reggie White, uh, who's probably my favorite because he had to take on contact right away because he wasn't playing in space like those those three four edge rushes. But He's still, a Packer fan. We all love. No, I'm not. We all love those guys. But when you have someone that crushes the pocket in front, and again, even with you look at the Rams playing the Saints, the real thing where the Saints put their money at is center guards, right? Because they always want Drew Brees to be able to step up and climb the pocket. Like that's always the goal. They don't usually have as much money on superior tackles. I'm not saying they have weak tackles, but usually the money's in the front three, so Drew Brees can always climb the pocket. Imagine if they were playing Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? Like just. When you have a guy, and there's a difference between a guy that can collapse the pocket than a guy that can collapse the pocket and get to the quarterback, it changes everything. During a brief period where we had Tommy Harrison here, and you saw that when he was healthy, the difference in that defense when you can't step up. And when you can't step up, what it allows is then those edge rushes, especially if they're not necessarily superior, let's just say they were good, you make those guys closer to being superior. Wow, shots at Alex Brown and Adewale Agunle. Yeah, they weren't superior. You know, Listen, out of all out of sorry, both, Alex, we wanted to interview you, but then Ken had to burn that bridge. Sorry, Alex, I, I loved you. I think I, I didn't think you should have lost your job to Mark Anderson, but um, no, the thing was, out of those three guys, this guy right here was a rare talent at the time when he was on top of his game. All right, like he was flirting, if not the best defensive tackle in football for brief amounts of time. And it allowed those guys to be able, because the quarterback can't step up. So now he's right there in their lane. So again, to me, 
I'm more, I'm more fearful of that Rams defense. And now, listen, I may be wrong coming up against this season game. I'm more fearful of them because that the premium blocks that they have than what necessarily the Saints have. And uh, so I, I will, I will probably still say that the Rams defense to me uh, is more was more of a threat, is more of a threat than the Bears than with the Saints defenses. I think there's a chance the Bears may win this game uh, versus the Saints. Okay. All right, you ready to go up for grabs? I am. All right. Except, uh, my computer died, so we're going to have to do this off memory. Look at that. Uh, oh, you mean you, you have to? Yes, my I- computer died. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, see? <laughs> see? That's why the, that's why the stream yard is over here, baby. <laughs> Let's start with our first up for grabs. Up for grabs. And it was going to be about Akeem Hicks. It still is. I don't have quite the specifics, but... There's a new legendary beer story that involves Akeem Hicks. Have you heard of Wade Boggs and his memorable beer story? Mm. Oh, boy. Wade Boggs allegedly drinks. See, the accounts are always different. The number is always around 60, but it's supposedly as high as 100. When they would go cross country to Seattle with the Yankees and they make a stop in North Dakota along the way, he would start. At the Yankee Stadium, driving out, go on the plane across country, did a, 60 beers at least. Wow. Yes. Apparently, Keem Hicks isn't too far behind. But Keem Hicks is a huge man. Back in college, him and his offensive linemen, they would go, I guess, out for 50-cent wing night at the local college bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the linemen would drink, uh, drink beer, eat wings, and the last one standing wins. And he said how one night eating all those wings at 40 beers. Okay. Let me, t- let me chime in on this. Go ahead. And I think you can relate. Now, what are we, how are we defining? Because I bet you Wade Boggs beers were different from Akeem Hicks beers. Yes, I bet you he had the tall boys. You said college night. <laughs> yes, a college bar. College he bar. was in Sessachuan, oh. or however you say it in Canada. Sessachuan. Um, yes. You... Went to Southern Illinois, correct? Mm-hmm. You ever go to Sidetracks? Mm-hmm. You ever go to Sidetracks when they had the cheap beer night? Probably. Or day. No, 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 not even night. You get there about four after class and start just like going at it. And they, they had those cups where the beer is like about that tall, right? Mm. Yeah, I could do 30 of those. Like, that's... that's. The- I don't think that's what we're talking about here. I bet you Akeem Hicks was not getting tall boys at a college bar on a wing night. That's what I'm saying. I bet you they weren't getting on a wing... You, Brian, on a wing night, you think they're giving them tall boys on a wing well, night? Well, it depends, but okay, maybe not tall, tall. But they're the, them- they are coming for the 50-cent wings... The beer is, I don't think, discounted. Listen, so they're going to make up their money on the beer. How much? How big was those? How big was those cups of sidetracks? Ooh, I don't remember exactly, but they they seem like a shot of beer. Yeah, half a beer. They were about this. You think that's what he's doing? I don't think so. I think he's getting a full can. 
full bottle. He's a college student. I'm just in Canada. It's different. Yeah, they don't care about it as much, right? (laughs) Right. He was 19, and he mentioned his uh, drinking age of the past. There's not even boosters with $100 handshakes for these guys in Canada. That's not hockey. So it'd be even different. We're saying guys are paying. Like, man, man, you know what? They taking care of us. They giving us money. We can go to the bar, get what we want. So you are not a believer in this story, no, in the folklore think, of Akeem Hicks. I think he had 40 beers. I just don't think they were canned beers is what I'm trying to say. So you think he had about 20? And that, let's not talk about the strength of those beers, right? At those college bars. With the those be- that's when you start to notice the little differences like what if he got bottles? <laughs> you know damn well he didn't. <laughs> Maybe it's dollar bottle night with oh, the 50 cent wing. How do they do bottle dollar night? What? He's our he's 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 in between our ages. Where they do a bottle 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 dollar night at back in the early aughts? Where are they doing that at? The early aughts yeah, in they, Canada. Saskatchewan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, my next up for grabs. Up for grabs. Let's talk a little baseball. Are you uh, hotly anticipating this White Sox manager with only a couple uh, of couple days no, left no, no, of the no, no, series? No, no, sir. No, no, no. No, I asked the question. No, 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 sir. There's Sorry, one day, I asked the question. There's one day left of the World Series. There could be a couple, like I said. No, guess who's going? All right. Are you talking White Sox or I'm going my third up for grabs? Walker. All right. Third up for grabs. No, we're going White Sox because you hate okay. the Dodgers so much and I told you. Yes. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I'll leave. Uh, we'll leave the live stream yard feed. <laughs> you don't want Dave Roberts. You hating on uh, affirmative action is what you're trying to tell me as far as Dave Roberts keeping his That's job? Strike two. I'm, I'm this close. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, I am waiting for the announcement of A.J. Hinch. Uh, if I can't get um, Bruce Bochy, like I will give my A.J. Hinch love up for Bruce Bochy. Whoa! Really? I will for Bruce Bochy. But... Mochis came out and basically said, you know what? My preference would be for this COVID situation to kind of be tapped down, or perhaps have a vaccine. Yeah. Uh, preference before. is not to be in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> before um, I jump back in it. Um, you know what I'm saying? And listen, I bet Bruce Bochy be out there on the West Coast knowing that Dave Roberts' ass is with ass. Is oh, with. yeah. He's a West Coast man. He'd be like, he'd be like just listen, there's, there's nobody more pissed off that the Rays didn't do their job than Bruce Bochy. <laughs> right? Like, damn it. Right? So um, I expect, uh, I hope that there's been a smoke screen is what we've been getting. Also, not purely a smoke screen as far as the interviewing, uh, but also, like Rick Hahn has said, getting a lot of people outside of the organization's ideas and how they view what the White Sox have done and should, probably should be doing moving forward. And I'm referring to bringing in Tony Russo's older self and some of the other people that they've interviewed. Uh, but yeah, I... Um, I think I, the ghost of Lou Pinella was interviewed, too. It, listen, I, I would quit. <laughs> quit, dude. I would quit. If they brought in, listen, you don't even notice me. I used to love Lou Pinella, right? Because I was a Griffey fan. Me too, until he managed the Cubs. I love, yeah, I loved Lou Pinella, right? Like Lou, sweet Lou was that not- Mariners team? Come on. Yeah, so uh, again, 
Um, but I learned my lesson in that, right? Like Luke Pinella had retired after Tampa. Like he he had retired, baby. <laughs> he was done. Because remember, he went to Tampa. The thing was basically he was supposed to walk off into the sunset, right? And he came up here and was like, y'all got some I'm money. already retired here. Why don't I just <laughs> manage here? <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, I definitely look forward to – I have been looking forward to the, the World Series uh, to have ended so that the White Sox can announce who their new man- be and uh, I hope it's AJ Hinch with his cheating ways. I hope he does not cheat. What if it's uh, Tony Larusa as soon as end of the ninth? The reports start flying up. I have some apprehension. Um, I think that listen, and I don't. It's not fair to use ageism against him because you, especially when you're voting for Bruce Bochy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's been, but he's still been a part of the game. So that's why I don't feel the same as far as Bruce Bochy, as far as Tony Russo's almost been out for a decade. You know, like this is well, not- he was doing things, just not me. Yeah, but I, the point that I'm even, well, that's what I'm saying, but managing, and I'm talking about everyday contact with this player and this new generation. Like this isn't the same player. And I'm not to say that he can't get a handle on this and he, he can't necessarily work his magic with these players, but this isn't the same player's that he left when he was managing. You had more of the old guard being in charge. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, don't do that. Don't bat flip. You know what I'm saying? And, all, you, you th- and now you're coming in where, you know, we swagging out. Uh, and uh, that, it was funny. Paul Sullivan had an article in the Tribune talking about he just doesn't think with this team's uh, free spirit that uh, Tony LaRusso necessarily may be the guy for them. But he also pointed out it's not fair to to use age against Tony LaRusso. And I don't want to use ageism against Tony LaRusso, but... And I mean, he's a, he's the, as far as um, his legacy, he's got the best legacy of any of the guys that the Sox have any chance of hiring. That's just the truth of the matter. I just don't want to be in a Phil Jackson. I know it's not the same, but a Phil Jackson Nick situation where it's like uh. he just yeah he he says he wants to do it now. The Knicks sucked. White Sox have a t- chance to have a team that can win the title, so he should be a lot more engaged. But still, and then also. I just don't know the the the, 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 the dichotomy between um, Rick Hahn, who I'm, I'm, my my love grows more and more, and Tony Russo. When Tony Russo has a direct line to the damn owner, you know what I'm saying? That, that's like I don't I don't really like that because right now, to me, to be honest with you, Khan is more important than Tony Russo. You know, and like but like that's just the truth. Like I I, I place more value on Rick Hahn than Tony Russo, and I don't want to lose Rick Hahn because Tony Russo doesn't like. Uh, something in this, and I want to always put on analytics because that's kind of how you always diss the old guard uh, with saying stuff like with metrics and analytics. But just you know, he may not like something the, the way that the the front office wants, and may go to Jerry with it. And I don't want anybody to usurp uh, the power that uh, that Rick Hahn is, is necessarily building. I know AJ Hinch couldn't necessarily pull that off, so that that's even more of a reason. Um, but again, I just to me, it, one of the things that Rick Hahn said was recently. You know what I'm saying? And 2011 isn't recently. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it just makes sense. I know there's always going to be something about what took place in Houston, uh, but you still see this year with Dusty, Houston still had had played well enough. Now, they it, they weren't the same, but played well enough. And they didn't have Garrett Cole, but they weren't the same. And they still made it into the playoffs with a chance to go even further into uh, to the ALCS in, in the playoffs. So we still know a lot of that had to do with the talent that they have than just cheating. Now, but that doesn't still absolve him from cheating and being a part of it. Um, he's a cheater, and that's always going to be on his record. Um, but I still think he's a very intelligent baseball man, and I think he fits with Rick Hahn, especially since he's been a guy that's have been in the front office 
Um, I think it would be a nice Vulcan brain meld. Ooh, ooh. Nice uh, Star Trek reference. And shout out to Dusty. Almost making it to the World Series again. <laughs> I thought you were going to get on me for hating Dusty. No, it's because you're real. Uh, listen, Cubs fans hate Dusty is just pure racism. Oh, okay. <laughs> On the racist. Listen, this is the thing. You guys. Is that why White Sox fans don't want Tony Larusa because they're pulling the racism card? <laughs> Facts. We two, we two, we two dark Cubans out here, baby. Now, <laughs> okay, the Dusty, real quick. Um, the thing was, and I'm so someone looking on the outside. Cubs fans did not care. The Cubs fans did not think they could win before Dusty instilled in them, "Why not us?" Right? And Dusty tried his best. Listen, that wasn't that wasn't Dusty with the Giants that messed up by pulling that pitcher out and sitting there signaling to the other team like, "Yeah, we we about to do it to your ass." That wasn't the same Dusty. It's Dusty. It's not Dusty's fault. You can say it's Dusty's fault. That he didn't get the team back in order, but what happened with um, what's what's Shuddy Bartman? That wasn't that was Moise's fault, and then what Alex Gonzalez after like that wasn't Dusty's fault. Now you can say the manager should have gotten maybe can get that composure back. That wasn't like so you you y'all can't put that on him. And then with the arms, Riggleman was blowing out the was blowing out what's his Kate Carey was on way before Dusty got there. I was watching the slurred ball games. All right, when Shuddy was a rookie, throwing that slur mad nasty. All right, and Mark Pryor and Roy stopped working. That's, they can't put that on Dusty. If Dusty gave y'all faith, listen, if you gave Dusty the amount of money that y'all gave Lou Pinella, you would have got more out of those teams than Lou Pinella would have got on those teams. Mm, second round exits instead of first round. Hey, this is the complaint. <laughs> you, you weren't used to nothing before Dusty. Then y'all got a taste of the good life. It was like. Yeah, we got a taste of the good life and knew we needed better than Dusty. Uh-huh. Okay. And then you went out and got Luke Nella. Hey, well, how would you feel if they got Dusty tomorrow, the White Sox? I don't want Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want Dusty because I think for me, it's and again. Nobody wants Dusty. It's okay. He proved that he still can do it. I just think the game is kind of past Dusty. I wish Dusty had a World Series ring, but I'm not trying to get that brother ring with my team. Wish him the best. Wish he would have won with the Nationals. It didn't happen. Yeah, they needed Davey Martinez. Hey, Dave Martinez is a good manager. And he's had some ups and downs, but we always knew he had talent as far as being a manager. Hmm, Dusty. Good old Dusty, Dusty, Dusty. dusty. Boy, y'all some savages, boy. Let's... Dust off a little bit of old history right now. In the basement to the front to the penthouse, and here y'all go like, oh, that caveat, that is not premium caveat. Boy, y'all savage. Hey, you don't want Dusty. Don't tell me. Okay. Okay. Oh, you tell me you wouldn't want Dusty back in the day? No, I would have loved to have Dusty back in the day. I would Anyways. Oh, I'll only dog for real quick. Only I, I, first of all, I had Ozzy, who wasn't even a manager prior, prior to getting that job. All right, at least Dusty was a manager, right? So I had I had Ozzy again. But if you take Ozzy out of there with any of the Sox managers over the last Tony Larusa, out of the last since since eighty three, eighty four, eighty whatever that was, <laughs> Dusty Baker is better than all of them. So if you're talking about in the early aughts, would I have taken Dusty? Hell yeah, I would have taken Dusty. Are you crazy? 
Like, okay, no, yeah, I would take, I would take Dusty in a heartbeat. He was a winning manager. I, I get, I get guys that are on their they first try. Like, you guys have gotten that a lot of the times before you got Dusty and then got Lou and then got Joe. But in the past, you know, Riggleman, I don't remember Riggleman if Riggleman was a manager before he took over that job necessarily. You know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm just still saying like, or there'll be a loser. But like, nah, dude, if you're telling me in the early odds coming off of what he did with the Giants, I could have got Dusty Baker. Hell yeah, I would have taken Dusty Baker. Like, so that's what, y'all be bugging. Purely. Here we go. Here we go. Just continue to go for grabs with the hate in your heart. Well, as long as we understand, in Dusty, we don't trust. Mm. Next question. Yeah, you want to get that final word on Dusty. Dusty isn't winning. That's the point. No World Series. No World Series. None. Zero. Taught you how to loan stroke, and now you're mad at him. (laughs) Right? Daddy, how you loan stroke? Let me show you. Now now, now he ain't worth nothing. I'm not going to listen to this story when your son asks you that. OCC, Dusty. (laughs) All right. Last question. Since uh, you're Mr. Man of the World and the, of the people and didn't necessarily watch a lot of sports this weekend, no, what was your favorite part of the weekend, sports or not sports? Oh, my favorite part of the weekend, Saturday, I, um, I for the last two weeks that I've been kind of under the weather and I didn't know if I had a cold or it was allergies. Um, and it's been two weeks that it's just, I, haven't, I still haven't been able to sleep through the night. I've been getting up uh, either like at sometime between two and five. Getting the dusty sweats. Oh, I hope that man's all right. <laughs> I get up uh, from not being able to, to breathe uh, from my sinuses. And um, I just get up because I, I can't sleep if I can't breathe right. And also, I don't want to keep afting up. Um, so I've been, I haven't even been able to sleep. Right. I haven't even really been able to get the type of workout that I want to do because my sleep patterns have been off. When I get up, I have to go straight into work and stuff like that. So I was supposed to go to my cousin's because uh, he has a newborn uh, boy. He named the boy his middle name after my brother that passed in uh, June. Uh, so I told my other cousin that we were going to go see him. And we haven't been able to do it because of me uh, being under the weather. So this this um, Saturday was the first time that I was able to go out to the Burbs and uh, hang out with my little cousin and my other cousins. Um, they were both close with my brother, but we all were close to my brother. And it was just good to hang out with them and uh, just just talk and be around them. I felt like my cousin felt like he had to like entertain us. And it's like I wasn't there to be entertained. I was just there to just want to talk and just, you know, just because I, I think we enjoy each other's company, um, especially like that, that what the cousin that who had the kid, he was born like 14 days after my brother. So they were always kind of intertwined. But then the other cousin, he's probably like, he's probably like five to six years younger. So my brother was like his big brother in a way, and he doesn't have that person with him. So I want to spend more time and he, he he's kind of wants to hang out. So I want to kind of be there for him. So it was really good to spend time with family. Um, I really appreciate it. And I had a good time. Um, I can't. I look forward to doing it again. So that was my favorite time. And then Sunday, uh, I didn't watch any football because the Bears weren't playing. I didn't really want to do anything sports wise because it's just been. It's just like I've been doing a little bit of a lot uh, with our show and then doing Shine and Meyer on Mondays and Fridays. Uh, that I needed a break uh, or a little bit of respite. So I just hung out with the family. We watched TV. Um, we just hung out. Uh, we played games. I played laser tag with my kids. 
Oh. Yeah, I just just trying to just because usually at least one of the day out of at least one of the days out of the weekend belongs to them because even if we're on remote learning, Kenton is in his room from nine o'clock. Basically, I mean he'll come out of there. He's in his room from nine o'clock to three thirty, three forty-five with class. You know what I'm saying? And then he does his homework. So we're not really around each other like that. You know what I'm saying? Like because he and I that I have to work. I have to have to work. We have to do Kelsey's remote learning between our work schedules or whatever. So it's not like we get family time, family time. So it was good Saturday Sunday to just hang out with them. And I decided, you know, I'm not watching football today. Like, uh, even though I, I planned on really using my red my uh, red zone, since I don't when the Bears play, because I'm usually watching the entire Bears game, because um, I usually like to – I, I tell myself I'm going to tweet live, but I don't. But I would at least want to be abreast with what's going on so nobody ruins it for me. So that was my um, weekend. And I, how about you, Ryan? What did you do this weekend? Or what did you enjoy this weekend? Oh, I was Mr. Sports, per usual. Watching watching those Rays come back. Need another Ray comeback. And then a lot of football. What was the spread on Saturday? For uh, Oh, there, w- there wasn't a spread. There, there no was- spread. No spread, and I, I, I that was, it was quite, it was fun. It was, I mean, one, it wasn't. This is two weeks after I was supposed to come out there. Uh, he was talking about like, yeah, next time I'm gonna have to get what you guys drink, and it's really not that important. I can buy my own food. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that that like it's, it's. I'm genuinely saying I enjoy hanging with them and just being in their presence, and it it, it reaffirms us being blood. Um, that these are the, these are the times in our lives. Mm. We're gonna be old heads in one minute, uh, in a minute, and it just be, while we still have some youth, and me being the oldest out of all of us, it's good to just spend that time. And it wasn't even like a um, a sad session because my brother wasn't there. That's what made it even better. It wasn't like we're just sitting there and wallowing in in, in uh, grief. Um, we were enjoying ourselves, so I, I didn't need nothing like that. At those times, I appreciate the most. So shout out to David and Dantrell. Uh, Simone, uh, Raina, Rory, and Corbin. Uh, shout out to all of them because I really enjoyed myself this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget, folks, gotta appreciate who shows you the long stroke. You're dusty. <laughs> dusty talks out the long stroke and then y'all forgot about him. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you, you said long stroke and I'm hearing great weekend. We really enjoyed ourselves. It's all mixing together now. Listen, listen. It's probably man. the end of the show. Somebody teach you long stroke and that teach you how to how to sit there and please somebody and now y'all act like y'all don't know nobody. Right? Hey, I got no pleasure from that. Like, like, Talk to how to win. That's like, I don't know you. <laughs> Damn right. You didn't win enough. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, so listen, we always appreciate it again. Uh, we got zero views again. This is on, uh, uh, we're doing this as tests for the next few shows. And then we're going to go live with this and do some interaction with the comments and stuff like that. I see this a lot of being on Sean and Maya, how necessarily they use it. And before me and Ryan talked about implementing this, and Ryan has done a lot uh, to try to get this off the ground. So we're going to try to use StreamYard. Uh, mess with it, even maybe get to the paid version. Uh, he's actually keeping me from spending the bread until we tinker with this a little bit more. So shout out to him for that. Um, but also make sure you check out the flip. Uh, Want to definitely bring you some good topics with that. 
Um, kind of liven it up, look at some other ways since it's enhanced that and also perhaps bring it to this platform. Uh, just try to give you some more levity and information with everything that we do. Uh, if you have any suggestions, we're always open uh, to necessarily check it out. Also, subscribe to YouTube. Uh, make sure you can check us out anywhere you can find any podcast. We'll definitely be there, but you can find all our videos on YouTube if you'd like to see our reactions uh, with whatever's taking place and whatever we're talking about. So definitely stay safe. Uh, thanks, Ryan, for always uh, staying up and taking care of us. And uh, we look forward to talking to you all down the line.